Nonsense Catholic. I'm your host, Matthew Arnold, here at No Nonsense Catholic on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Great to have you with us. Uh, Matthew 5 is one of the best-known chapters in the New Testament, and I believe that's because it contains the beginning of the famous Sermon on the Mount, which contains so much of our Lord's profound teaching. We have the Beatitudes in chapter 5, and then the Lord's Prayer in chapter 6. spills over into chapter 7, where we have the golden rule amongst a whole host uh, of other things. And we're going to talk about the Beatitudes today as a biblical guide to happiness, not only eternal happiness, but happiness in this life here and now. And then also later in the program, uh, we're going to look at seven ways and really effective ways to help beat stress, because I know that a lot of people are dealing with that during these, uh, this time of COVID-19. But uh, first, I want to look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, which directly follow the Beatitudes. And with that in mind, Jesus says to the people, and that includes you and me, he says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt lose its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. That's Matthew five thirteen through 16. Now, this kind of unusual idea of salt losing its flavor has uh, led some people to suppose that Jesus is talking about salt from the Dead Sea, which apparently because of its chemical composition can lose its flavor. But really for our purposes, that's neither here nor there. Because the fact is that salt, without its saltiness, would be worthless. Jesus asks, if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? You know, what are you going to do? Salt it? Clearly, unsalty salt is good for nothing, he says, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot, which, by the way, was done in, in olden times. You know, when the Romans would build those roads, they, uh, make these dirt roads, and then they would uh, trample salt into the ground. And the reason you do that is to keep the grass and weeds from, from overgrowing all that work you've done because salt is kind of a natural herbicide. But but what's our Lord on about here? What does he mean when he calls you and me the salt of the earth? Well, simply this, that Christians need to stand out in the world the way seasoning stands out in food, the way salt stands out on a hard-boiled egg. Christians uh, should not blend in with everyone else, because if we're too much like the world, what good are we? You know, we should work to uh, affect others positively, just like salt and and seasoning brings out the best flavor in our food. Uh, Mother Angelica used to say, God wants you to be in the world, but to be so different from the world that you will change it. And our Lord calls us the light of the world. He says, a city set on a mountain cannot be hidden. You know, that's why they build lighthouses on clifftops. So it can be seen from a distance, like, like a city set on top of a mountain. You would be able to see the lights of the city at night for miles and miles. And, and he points out, nobody lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket because that defeats its purpose. On the contrary, he says, uh, uh, you put it on a lampstand so it can light up the whole room. Now, what he, he's trying to tell us is not to hide our light. 
And of course, that's really his light. And, and how do we do that? How do we hide our light? And I, I jotted down this uh, in a number of ways. You know, by keeping quiet when we should speak up, by going along with the crowd, by denying the light or letting sin dim the light, by, by not explaining the light to others or, or by ignoring the needs of others, not, not shining that light. So I want to kind of just look at all those quickly. Uh, first, uh, we hide the light by keeping quiet when we should speak up. Now, in the Beatitudes, we're going to talk about in the next segment, Jesus declares meekness a blessing. But, but meekness is not timidity. Meekness is about self-control. It's the moral virtue that's opposed to the vice of anger. And we should not give in to anger. And we shouldn't be angry all the time. And we shouldn't uh, uh, spend all of our time arguing with people on social media. Uh, we should always exercise that cardinal virtue of prudence and the moral virtue of meekness, of self-control. But then you also have to remember that Catholics have a duty to speak up, even if it means risking our, our reputation or more. Whenever God's honor or our good or our neighbor's good certainly requires it, we should speak up. And that <clears throat> is according to the Douay Catechism of 1649, which was, that was an English catechism that was composed during a time when just being a Catholic in England was a crime and a crime punishable by fines or imprisonment or, or worse. And, and the Catholic Church has plenty of examples of this combination of prudence and meekness, beginning with our Lord himself. Remember when he was confronted by the, the scribes and Pharisees trying to, trying to trip him up. Um, St. Sir Thomas More, my confirmation saint, and St. Joan of Arc also come to mind. Um, you know, especially when you think of the deft way that they kind of handled the powers that be uh, when they were trying to get them to incriminate themselves. But it's also well to remember that even though our Lord and his saints kept their cool and even kept quiet when it was prudent to do so, in the end, they were all of them willing to make the ultimate sacrifice by speaking up for the truth. Another way we hide the light uh, is by going along with the crowd. You know, back in 2014, Shane Kaplan wrote a post on Epic Pew that stuck with me. And uh, he was talking about how uh, a friend, a fellow Catholic friend of his, kept telling him that he needed to get on board with the whole LGBTQ same-sex marriage movement. Or, he said, you will wind up on the wrong side of history. And, and that's really just the old, uh, the church needs to keep up with the times argument which is nonsense, because just because a sin becomes fashionable doesn't mean it's no longer a sin. Fashions change, but truth remains. And as St. Augustine famously said, right is right even if nobody is doing it, and wrong is wrong even if everybody is doing it. So as a Catholic Christian, you should not just go along with the crowd. Another way we hide the light is by denying the light. Right, by preferring the darkness. And, and this is really just that last point taken to its extreme, or uh, perhaps I should say taken to its logical conclusion. Because if you go along with the crowd long enough, it follows naturally that you will eventually just become one of the crowd. Because it takes effort. This is St. Augustine again, said it takes effort to go against the current, but even a dead body can float downstream. Right? It doesn't take any anything to go with the flow. 
<clears throat> I remember, and this is, you know, maybe this is an extreme example, but I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Sports Illustrated gave the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage to uh, um, Bruce Jenner. I'm sorry, I, I don't know, they're probably going to take me off YouTube for calling him Bruce. I don't remember what what female name he chose for himself after his operation. But, you know, he appeared at their award ceremony wearing a cocktail dress, and everybody applauded him for being so courageous. But, you know, it's really not courageous to stand up in front of a room full of people that are totally on your side and are giving you an award. <laughs> yeah. The Arthur Ashe uh, Award for Courage, you know, was given to, you know, it was named for him because he continued to play tennis even though he was dying from cancer. You know, there's a lot of people who, who display courage in, in different ways, but I, I don't really think that was one of them. You know, uh, wrong's wrong even if everybody's doing it. So, you know, as Bishop Sheen used to say, if you don't behave as you believe, you will wind up believing as you behave. Another way that... Uh, and we uh, hide the light is by letting sin dim that light. You know, the similes of, of salt and light are all about setting a good example. Your light must shine before others, our Lord says. But if we, you know, if we count ourselves, ourselves Christians and then engage in sins, especially public ones, then we cease to be a beacon of light and become instead a scandal and a stumbling block. And we know how our Lord felt about that. Right, Luke 17, 2, he says it would be better for a man if a millstone were put around his neck and he'd be thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to sin. So clearly we should not personally set a bad example, but also it should be a cause of deep reflection to consider public figures that identify as Catholics and yet champion causes that are inimical to the faith, especially those holding or seeking public office. You know, the so-called pro-choice Catholic politician comes to mind. You know, to help them, by the way, to gain or to hold office is to participate in their sin and perpetuate their scandalous example. That is a way that we dim that light. Uh, and then we hide the light by not explaining it to others. Purpose of giving a good example, according to our Lord in, in Matthew's gospel, is so that others may see your good works and then glorify your heavenly Father. Right? And, and so that means we need to be able to share and defend the faith. That was the seventh point of uh, John Paul II's pastoral plan for the third millennium, to participate in the new evangelization, or, uh, you know, the modern seventh precept of the church to engage and participate in the missionary spirit and apostle of the church. Now, naturally, none of that is really new. You know, St. Peter says in his first epistle, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you a reason for your hope. So when somebody sees your good example and asks you about it, you know, I mean, they don't know to give glory to God. Uh, you know, perhaps unless you're ready and willing to share the good news, which is the source of your good example. And then finally, ignoring the needs of others. You know, give that one to St. James the Apostle. Um, Similes of Salt and Life is about giving good example, but that means more than mere appearances. Got to be able to live according to the teaching of Christ. Okay, uh, we'll be back in just a bit with the Eight Beatitudes, a biblical guide for happiness, and then later, seven effective ways to beat stress in the days of COVID, right here on No Nonsense Catholic on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
Help the Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the help of the helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's. In Ecuador, the work is being done by the Servant Sisters of the Home of Mother. You can call us at 877-762-8857. To learn more, please visit our website, www.helpthehelpless.org. God bless you. Healthcare news today seems to be coming from everywhere and everyone. It's confusing, at least, and untrustworthy at the worst. Dr. Asetta is a faithful Catholic in the Kern County community. He is trustworthy, well-researched, and will only give expert opinion on matters in his own specialty. Catholic teaching at its entirety is of utmost importance to Dr. Asetta. Give Dr. Asetta a call for your obstetrics and gynecological needs at 661-695-6617. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to No Nonsense Catholic, your internet source for keep it simple Catholicism. And by the way, if you're new to the program, I invite you to visit my website, nononsensecatholic.com. And if you're interested in the faith or need a refresher course, I have, um, under articles, I've got a nice uh, no-nonsense guide to the teaching of the church, and or you can click on videos and see, well, an archive of the uh, past episodes of this program from YouTube, and also a, a baker's dozen of brief apologetics videos that I did to uh, answer some of the most common objections to the Catholic faith. It's all there for you in plain language and guaranteed 100% no-nonsense, so check it out, no-nonsense Catholic. All right. We started by talking of the similes of salt and light, which are about giving good example, which means that we live according to the teaching of Jesus so that people may see that we really are good, just as Jesus was good. And in that way, we give honor to our Heavenly Father and have the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the place to the opportunity to invite others to as well. And that is no nonsense. And we're now going to talk about the Beatitudes as a guide, a biblical guide for happiness here and now. You know, the, 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 the Beatitudes actually announce happiness for those who choose to love and serve God. Some 
translations of the scriptures even say, you know, where, where it would say, blessed are the peacemakers or blessed are the pure of heart. It says happy. Although I, happiness is, uh, blessedness rather, is more than uh, just happiness. We'll talk about that um, later. But there, the Beatitudes are the ways by which we live a, a good Christian life and avoid the false teaching of the world. And we can be happy and holy and pleasing to God if we live according to the Beatitudes, which Jesus spoke about in the Sermon on the Mount. And this is after he had chosen the 12 apostles. He wanted to teach them how to do his work of bringing people to God and bringing God's kingdom to the people. And Matthew 5 uh, through 7 records Jesus' wonderful Sermon on the Mount of these three chapters of Scripture, wherein he teaches us how to pray, he teaches us how to treat our enemies, teaches us how to treat our friends, shows us how God loves us and cares for us. And, uh, and the Beatitudes start right in the first verse. It's the first 10 verses of Matthew 5. It says, When he saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when Jesus finished the Sermon on the Mount, all the way at, at the end of chapter 7, he says, Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. And everyone who listens to these words of mine but does not act on them will be like a fool who built his house on sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, and it collapsed and was completely ruined. When Jesus finished these words, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. That's Matthew seven twenty four through 29. Imagine the people who were there and heard those words spoken the first time you know, looking at each other in just in awe and surprise, suddenly aware that Jesus' words were, that he was a real prophet, that these were the very words of God, that they were in the presence of, of the greatest teacher of all time, the greatest teacher they'd ever heard or known. And some of them would have realized, just like some people reading his words today in the Holy Bible realize, that those who love God and live by these words, have our Lord's divine assurance that God will help them, that will, he will give them the grace to accept and live these blessings. And that's important because the Beatitudes especially point out the way to heaven. But there's more. If we live according to the Beatitudes, you and I will be happy, not, not someday in heaven, but in this world here and now. And that's why we should pray to our Lord that he might help us to understand his teaching and put it into practice into our daily lives. Because Jesus 
wants you to trust in God. That's a pretty consistent message. And in the eight Beatitudes, he teaches us to put our trust in God, to trust our Heavenly Father the way a child uh, trusts its Father on earth. Remember, Jesus said, unless you become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And our Lord promises in the Beatitude that our Heavenly Father will reward us in heaven if we live according to his teaching in the gospel. Jesus said, be glad and rejoice for your reward is great in heaven. And when we trust in God, we can live as peacefully as that child asleep in bed trusting the the love of its parents. You know, and as a father... Some of the happiest, most contented moments in my life have been when I, when I looked in on my sleeping children to see them safe and, and warm and perfectly at peace. You know, I always tell, I always tell my wife, they're cute when they're sleeping. Uh, it is a great comfort, though, to think that that's how God looks at you and me. So the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? Because it sounds weirdly paradoxical. It seems like you'd want to be rich in spirit. Why, why poor in spirit? Well, poverty of spirit is what uh, Father Jean-Paul or Jean-Pierre de Cassade uh, referred to as abandonment to divine providence. It means to trust God alone, to turn to Him in in everything, joys. Uh, adversities, everything, to accept everything that happens to us as coming from the hand of a loving Father. Easier said than done, but Jesus teaches us that we will reach the kingdom of heaven if we are poor in spirit. Like him, we must look for uh, uh, the riches of heaven and not for the riches uh, that pass away. He teaches that we're only going to be rich uh, in God's grace, uh, or we'll only be truly rich if we have God's grace in our soul. Because it is his grace that it makes our soul holy and pleasing to God. Jesus said in Mark 8, 36 and 37, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, as Catholic Christians, that has to be our first concern, to do God's will before our own. And unlike the other Beatitudes that promise that, uh, you know, they will see God, they will be comforted. Those who practice poverty of spirit are told that theirs is the kingdom of heaven, here and now, because to do God's will in all things is to experience the kingdom in your earthly life. It's because Jesus gives us grace. You receive his grace when you go to confession and ask pardon for your sins in the sacrament of penance. You receive grace when you receive Jesus himself in the sacrament uh, of the Holy Eucharist. When Jesus said, store up treasures in heaven and not earthly treasures that pass away, now Holy Communion is our greatest treasure because when we receive Holy Communion, when you receive Holy Communion, you receive Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. You also receive his grace when you pray, which is a great consolation considering so many of us are, are having a hard time getting to confession or going to Holy Mass because of the whole COVID uh, uh, situation. But, you know, you pray uh, and you receive grace through prayer because it's through prayer that you unite, you unite yourself to God in love. 
And the church teaches us to pray often during the day. We're going to talk about that later so that we can draw closer and closer to Jesus. So we pray for his help to be poor in spirit. We pray, um, you know, by putting our trust in him. Now, we pray that we can, you know, understand that we, that we can know that we can't do anything good by ourselves, that we need his help in order to be happy and holy and pleasing to God. And we need to ask for that grace so that we can live as a child of God. And in doing so, the kingdom of heaven will be yours. And that is no nonsense. Speaking of which, you're listening to No Nonsense Catholic, if you just joined us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And um, we're going to continue with the Beatitudes in, in our next segment. I just wanted to take a minute uh, before we resume. Um, I was looking at um, some of the statistics on the downloads for this podcast. And I noticed that a lot of folks are finding it on iTunes. And if that's you, if you're an iTunes listener, I just want you to know that Virgin Most Powerful Radio has a whole um, array, like kind of a stellar array of Catholic programs. There's lots of stuff for you to listen to and engage in. And the best way to find out about it is to visit our website, which is virginmostpowerfulradio.com or simply vmpr.com. Or no, .org, I'm sorry. virginmostpowerfulradio.org or vmpr.org. And, you know, everything is there. We have a smartphone app that you can download for free on your smartphone and have access to all of the shows and all of the other, all the extras, you know, the prayers and, and uh, uh, pre-recorded things and, and whatnot that we have, all the bells and whistles on the app. And also, you have access right on the, uh, on the website to our shows, and it'll link to our, the YouTube because we do YouTube uh, videos for the shows. And, you know, we have, uh, like I said, a whole array. We have three shows that are uh, Monday through Friday programs, uh, Jesus 911, with Jesse Romero and Ruben Nava, and uh, Jesse's wife Anita comes in on Fridays sometimes. Uh, wonderful show about spiritual warfare with a couple of uh, ex-LA policemen who are also uh, very strong Catholics. Uh, Hands on Apologetics with Gary Machuda. Stellar array of special guest apologists, kind of like a who's who of popular Catholic authors and speakers and bloggers. So you can listen to uh, to Hands on Apologetics uh, live Monday through Friday. Of course, all of these things are available via podcast on uh, all, of, all of the various platforms, including Facebook and, and on our website as well and the smartphone app. Our flagship program, Monday through Friday show, is the Terry and Jesse show with Terry Barber and Jesse Romero. And then we have a host of weekly shows. On Monday, we have the Bar of History with a Catholic professor of history, Dr. Edmund Mazza. Tuesday, it's the Bishop Strickland Hour with His Excellency Joseph Strickland, Bishop of Tyler, Texas. And Wednesdays, actually Wednesdays, this is a weekly show, but uh, once a week it takes the place of Jesus 911, and that is um, the Liber Cristo War College Situation Room, uh, where Jesse Romero is joined by some of Chad Rippinger's Spiritual Warfare Ministry. Of course, No Nonsense Catholic on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Bible with the Barber, and the Dr. Louis Sandoval show. And then we host some other shows. Um, Dr. or Deacon Steve Greco with Empowered by the Spirit and Mother Miriam with Heart to Heart. Lots of stuff here. By the way, we'll be back with more No Nonsense Catholic in just a minute. So stick with us.
Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eye to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code BMPR to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet. www.CovenantEyes.com Code VMPR Live Porn Free. Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you. God bless you. Keep the faith. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year round. May God bless you and your family. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to No Nonsense Catholic. I'm your host, Matthew Arnold for Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and the confusion stops here. Talking about the Beatitudes as a guide for happiness, uh, not only in eternity, but in this life here and now a biblical guide, a key for uh, our life today. And um, we're not going to be able to make it through all the Beatitudes today. It's going to spill over into next week. But uh, but so much uh, fruit here that uh, we're just going to take our time with it. The second Beatitude is, Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, Jesus' second Beatitude promises comfort for those who mourn. Now, in the spiritual life, this is especially true about mourning for your sins. To mourn for your sins is called true contrition, when you're truly sorry for your sins. Now, when you're truly sorry for your sins just because they've offended God, who is the highest good, that's perfect contrition. And it, you know, perfect contrition can absolve your sins. And that's why it's reflected in the act of contrition. Oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because they offend thee, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. You know, when, when we look at a crucifix and see Jesus represented, nailed to the cross, 
you know, let's remember that it was our sins, your sins and mine, that caused him so much pain. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. You know, may we all be truly contrite for having uh, hurt our Lord so much and, and ask his help to show how truly sorry we are by keeping away from sin. And in that way, we can experience the peace and the joy of his comfort, especially by receiving the sacrament of penance as often as we can. <clears throat> you know, you don't have to be in mortal sin to go to confession. And, and this is a time when there are people in mortal sin that can't get to confession. And so, you know, we pray for a, a quick end to this situation. But frequent confession is good for you, even if you are in a state of grace because it gives you an increase of sanctifying grace, makes you holier. Who doesn't need that? You know, um, but if you have that kind of sorrow, this uh, sorrow for your sins, you can be sure that you will be comforted. You will be consoled. Uh, Christ will give you the strength to avoid sin and be with you when you're in pain or when you're sick or when you're sad about something. You know, this beatitude is meant to convince uh, to convince you to, to want to take your troubles to Jesus and be confident that he will help you. Because Jesus is our dearest friend. He says, writing the gospel, I call you not servants, but, but friends. And he is there to console. He is the one who said, come to me, all you who are wearied and find life burdensome, and I will refresh you. So when you find things hard to bear, you send up that little prayer. All for you, O sacred heart of Jesus. You know, Jesus, I trust in thee. Okay, the third beatitude is, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. The, the, the land was promised to Moses in the, in the Exodus, right? Uh, the promised land. But this is now uh, the fulfillment. Christ is, is the new Moses. And he's talking about the true promised land of heaven. And I, as I said in the first segment, meekness is... Uh, the moral virtue that is opposed to the deadly sin of anger. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is about self-control. You know, uh, it, it is not weakness because sometimes it takes a, a great deal of strength not to give in to anger. And look at the example of Alexander the Great, uh, who actually killed his best friend, his only real friend, in a fit of anger. Because Alexander conquered the world, but he never conquered himself. He lacked that self-control. You know, the real key to meekness, as with so many things in the spiritual life, the key to that self-control is humility. Jesus said, learn of me because I am meek and humble of heart and your souls will find rest. So we need to follow his example to reach out in prayer and ask Jesus to teach us how to be humble like he was in his earthly ministry. Because that is how we come into our inheritance, our patrimony, which is heaven. You know, we're, if God is our Father, then we're the brothers and sisters of Christ the King. We're the princes and princesses of the kingdom of heaven. That is our patrimony. That is our inheritance. And, and meekness is how we uh, gain that inheritance. It it means to ask his help to keep the commandments, ask for his grace to, to follow his way of life, because he said that only in that way do we really love him. 
right? John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And like the commandments, the Beatitudes are not restrictions on our freedom. Uh, on the contrary, the Beatitudes are liberating. I mean, it seems like you, you have the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes like doubles down on the Ten Commandments. But, but they are the key, the, the guide to happiness in this life as well as the next. And Jesus counsels humility and obedience to the will of God because God is a loving Father who knows and desires only what is best for us. And when we obey God, Jesus knows that's when we shall be happy because we'll be like him. He was always obedient to the Father and always did his will. He lived in the shadow of the cross from the moment of his incarnation, and yet he experienced such joy and brought such joy and happiness to people, even knowing that it was all leading to Calvary. You know, and this is tied into eternal, or, or the first beatitude that shows us that, that what brings us eternal life is also what makes us happy in this life. That God, you know, may help us to be truly humble by accepting all that happens to us as coming from his hand, from the, from the hand of, of a loving father, a father who loves us more than anyone can. And we take Jesus as our model because he teaches us by word and by example to be patient and kind like a humble child of God because that is how we can be certain of heaven as our eternal reward. Uh, the fourth beatitude, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And if we want to be righteous, if we want to be right with God, if we want to be holy, we have to follow his example because he is the only true way to God. Okay, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Not one way, not uh, the best way, the only way. We must believe in his word because he is the eternal truth. We must come to him for grace because all grace and holiness comes from Christ. According to Vatican II, the Lord Jesus, the divine teacher and model of all perfection, preached holiness of life to each and every one of his disciples of every condition. Thus it is evident that all the faithful of Christ, of whatever rank or status, are called to the fullness of the Christian life and to the perfection of charity. Okay, what does all of that mean? It means that for a Catholic, holiness is not optional. This is what Vatican II calls it, the universal call to holiness. And the documents say that this call to holiness is the very foundation of our vocation as lay people. It, it, this is God's will for your life. And it's not a new idea. Jesus, you know, the Bible says this is God's will for you, your sanctification. Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You know, if you really want to be holy, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, like, like, a, like a genuine craving, then you can trust that Jesus will give you the grace you need and the strength to cooperate with it. Because Jesus wants you to be holy. You know, he's not throwing up stumbling blocks to your holiness. <laughs> he's, he's showing you the way. And he teaches that you will be holy if you do the will of God, just as he told us to pray in the Our Father. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has always done his Father's will, and he'll help us to do the same. And he promised to give us all of the grace that we need through the sacraments and prayer. And so this beatitude teaches us to really desire holiness and to strive with all of our strength to cooperate with with his grace. And so let me ask you, do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do Do you hunger to receive our Lord in Holy Communion? Do you hunger to receive the grace to be kind and pure and obedient and humble? I think of St. Augustine, you know, he said, Oh, Lord, you know, save me from, from all my vices, but, but not yet. <laughs> you know, it's hard to, to detach yourself that way. Do you want to pray often during the day uh, in order to get the help that you need from, from Jesus? in order to be more like him, in, in order to, to be pleasing to our Heavenly Father? Do you really hunger for these things? Because I tell you, if you do, don't be discouraged. You will be satisfied. And that's no nonsense. All right, the fifth beatitude is uh, to blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy, and then there are three more after that to go. We're, we're not going to have time today, so we'll pick it up again next week. Um, blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We're going to have to put a bookmark here and tackle the remaining Beatitudes next week. But before we leave this topic and go on to our next segment, let me just say this, because it ties into what we were talking about at the very beginning of the program. Jesus begins um, his Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. He starts out with some words that, that seem to contradict each other. You know, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are persecuted. As Scott Hahn once said, with blessings like these, who needs curses? But of course, you know, our Lord's words are not contradictory. On the, on the uh, contrary, it's, it's God's way of living that contradicts the world. And as Catholic Christians, we must be ready to do and say things that seem like foolishness to the world, to give one another's take and love one another's hate and help one another's abuse and look more to our responsibility than our rights. And that is no nonsense. And we'll be right back with seven effective ways to help you beat stress during the time of COVID. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Ernesto from Long Beach. You know, I just wanted to comment, you know, and I just wanted to thank you guys. And I kind of wanted to encourage people that are listening, maybe that are not donating, you know, because honestly, I got to be honest, I used to think you guys were a little too over the top, you know? (laughs) You know, yeah. That's right. If God gave us a lot, you know, and I'm, I have the blessing of listening to all this. And I just want to call all the people. You know, I've got five kids, you know, and I don't make a lot of money. And I'm still donating to you guys. God because bless you, I, brother. You're amazing. We got to. We have to do this. We have to do the extra. And it's not even the extra. People see it like it's extra. Kneeling for communion, saying your rosary, saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It is not extra. It's what the church tells us to do. Amen. You're a good man, brother. 30 years old, 29 years old, five kids. And I thank you guys for everything. Everybody else, man, get on fire. Fight for the truth, man. I know what I'm telling you guys. There's I love it. Out there. 
Jesus said in Luke 17, When you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have only done our duty. According to St. John of the Cross, God is pleased with the little deeds we do in secret. He takes more pleasure in these than in a multitude of grand works that we may do out of the desire to be seen by others. May God help us to do the things that please Him and not just to appear great in the eyes of others. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back uh, to No Nonsense Catholic, your internet source for keep it simple Catholicism. I'm your host, Matthew Arnold, here for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And uh, as you may know, if you know about me, I do have a um, certificate in Christian counseling, which, and I would be a terrible counselor, but but I, I really pursued that certificate because I wanted to have some insight into human nature to be a, to be a better apologist, better uh, Christian, really. Um, and we were just looking at the Beatitudes, and it's clear that uh, the teaching of, of Jesus from 2,000 years ago is just as relevant today as it ever was. Because ever since the fall, this world has been a veil of tears. And, uh, you know, that virtue of meekness and uh, virtue of self-control probably never been more difficult than it is now in a world that's not only so fast-paced, but it's so saturated with media. I mean, uh, apparently since... 2012 suicides have really spiked, you know, especially amongst the young. And I asked myself, what was it about 2012? It was the introduction of this little thing right here, uh, the the smartphone, okay? Uh, People never get away from the media. Some people are there, just they they have access constantly. And, and, uh, you know, the the point is that... um, you know, some of these media outlets seem to be competing with each other to see which of them can get us more bent out of shape. <laughs> and the point is that, that stress uh, is a contributing factor to uh, a whole host of ailments. You know, and it doesn't just mess with your mood, but it can wreak havoc on your on your physical, mental, even your spiritual health. So, uh, you know, chronic stress has been linked to everything from heart disease to, to suicide. And, um, and these days, I think learning to relax is really essential to your well-being. So good news here is there's plenty of, of effective ways to help combat stress. And I, I'm strictly looking at things that don't require any, any money or special equipment or a prescription <laughs> or any of that, but just time-tested tested stress beaters for these dog days of the COVID-19 lockdown. So number one on the list, of course, is pray. And, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a Catholic show with Catholic hosts. I'm assuming you're a mostly Catholic audience out there. Naturally, I'm going to start by talking about pray. And I expect that you already do. In fact, it wouldn't be surprising to me to discover that you are praying uh, more earnestly, pouring your heart out to God more, more often than ever before in these last months. But what I'm talking about is having a rule of prayer. 
you know, lots of prayer habits uh, that can help with your walk of faith. Uh, Most Holy Rosary, Chaplet of Divine Mercy, those things uh, first come to mind. I always start my day with a morning offering. Uh, We pray the rosary as a family uh, every evening. Private prayers, devotions, very good, very to be recommended. But really the most essential, the most efficacious prayers are the liturgical prayers of the Church. And that means Holy Mass and the Divine Office. And of course, in these days, a lot of people are finding it difficult to get to Holy Mass. Uh, Not always possible to make Mass. But uh, since many of us have a little more time on our hands these days, and and I'm sorry to say uh, some of us have a lot more time on our hands, uh, it's to be recommended to cultivate this habit of praying the Liturgy of the Hours. And especially if you're a lay person, I'm assuming you are. If you're a priest, you're already praying the hours. But if you're a lay person, you can pray the hours according to the what's called shorter Christian prayer. And the shorter Christian prayer is it's an arrangement of the of the Psalter that goes over four weeks. And there's you know there's an ordinary. There are certain prayers you say every day. There's readings from the scriptures every day. There's the cycle of Psalms, and it follows the seasons, uh, the liturgical seasons of the church. And and it is. It's just a, a wonderful practice, and it puts you not only in touch with the—I mean, it's part of the official liturgical prayer of the Church. And when you pray the, uh, the, the office or the, the liturgy, if you pray this you know, shorter version, you're stepping into um, a, a, a tradition, not only the prayers that are being sent up uh, around the clock and around the globe, uh, you know, joining all these other Christians in, in this living tradition here and now, but you're stepping into an historic tradition that goes back to, you know, the Benedictine monks of the Middle Ages, and even further back, back to the the, the temple in Jerusalem, where Lord Himself, you know, prayed the liturgical prayers that played the Psalms, and it goes back then even to when the first temple was destroyed and the people were taken into captivity, and Daniel in Babylon, you remember the story of him that you know three times a day, he would turn toward Jerusalem and pray. And in a similar way, the Shorter Christian Prayer, three times a day, in the morning, in the evening, and at night, we pray these prescribed prayers, the, the very same prayers that our Lord himself prayed, not only in the temple, but even on the cross. And we're called to imitate him. You know, and they're scriptural prayers, and, and they're, they're a real antidote to stress and to anxiety because they give voice to our, our deepest longings and assure us of God's hand in every aspect of our lives. You know, stress has a way of making us literally forget what's best for us. <laughs> and so making a rule of praying the hours has been a great help, I mean, to me, to stay grounded in God and his perspective by, by praising him in good times and in bad. Okay, number two, it's actually kind of connected. Number two is uh, just go for a walk. You know, uh, getting your body to move is one of the best ways to, to decrease stress. Studies show that a 20, 30-minute walk, you know, will increase your circulation. It releases endorphins, right? You get a, a mild version of the runner's high, and it can have a, a calming effect. And I know some people like to take a turn around the mall, and, you know, especially in this kind of weather. It's very hot right now in Southern California. Uh, but you know what? If you can get outdoors, it gives added benefits uh, to be out in creation. Um, I understand that even the sound of birds chirping, you know, bird song, if, if you can, can get out in the woods or out in the park, it will actually lower your heart rate. And, and you know, it's, it's a great way to, to also come in contact with God because you're out there amongst, you know, his creation. 
this morning I got up and uh, early when it was nice and cool and did some gardening. You know, took care of the front planters, did some hand watering, and, and it is. It's a wonderful, calming thing. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, my, my favorite saint, he said that, and, and this is, he's one of the great doctors of the church, and he was a brilliant scripture scholar. He, uh, his title, one of his official titles given him by the church is Last of the Fathers. I mean, he lived centuries after the end of the patristic period, but the church looks at him, looks at him like a father of the church, like the way they look at an Augustine or Ambrose or Jerome. You know, his, his depth is, is that great. But he said, everything I know about the science of the scriptures, I learned in the woods. He said, the oaks and the beaches were my only masters. Okay. But a couple of turns around the mall will do in a pinch, okay? Get out there and, and, and move around. Number three, call a friend. You know, there, there's a whole uh, multitude of studies that agree that feeling connected is essential for well-being and easing stress, to know that you're not alone. I did this the other day. I was, I was talking about a friend of mine, um, some little anecdote. My wife said, you should call him. And I did. And you know what? He was thrilled because he's in the same boat that, that everybody else is. Right? And he was going, it's great. It's great to talk to you. And, uh, you know, he said uh, it really made my day and it made me feel better, too. And that's for sure. So, uh, you know, like I said, stress has a, a, a way literally of making us forget who and what is best for us in times of, you know, feeling overwhelmed. So, you know, might want to make a list of people that you can just that you can call when you're when you're feeling stressed out. Uh, number four, make a list of what's stressing you out. The thing is, sometimes we get stressed and we're not, it's not even clear what it is that's bothering us. And worries and anxieties pile up and that's what makes you feel overwhelmed. You know, because it can go from, hey, my pants seem a little tight to, oh, I'm so fat. And then it's, oh, what am I doing with my life? You know, the whole thing spirals down. But if you, if you separate out what's causing your stress or your anxiety, writing it down, putting a name to it, uh, it just seems to make it more manageable. And then you can sort out the big stuff from the little stuff and then stop sweating the little stuff, uh, <clears throat> making a list of what's nagging you. You know, because maybe you can't uh, do much about politics, but, you know, you can run those errands that you've been putting off. You can make that call that you need to make. You can, you know, ask the mechanic about the weird noise a car is making or whatever. Uh, uh, you know, get over what somebody said to you on social media. You may not be able to do much about the world. You may not be able to fix the church, you know, but you might be surprised how many of the, the things that are bugging you are actionable. And, you know, by the inch, it's a cinch. By the yard, it's hard. You make a list and you start chipping away at it little by little, and it can help ease the stress. Number five it is an important one. Take a media break, okay, after you finish listening to this podcast. <laughs> okay. So I know you're listening on a phone or a computer or whatever, but once you're done, uh, plan a media break. Dr. Archibald Hart was one of my professors when I was, you know, pursuing that counseling certificate. He did a whole boatload of research on stress. And one of the things that he found was the light from the technology that we use stimulates the brain. And in fact, artificial light of all sorts uh, has really messed up our, the, our body's rhythm for activity and rest. That's why, you know, it, we started when the kids are little and we t uh, continue to this day. Uh, at the end of the evening... We shut off all the lights, you know, we'll leave like a light on in the kitchen. We'll gather in the living room, light some candles. We actually have uh, these battery powered candles now that make it uh, even easier. <coughs> Pardon me. But we light the candles and it does. And then you pray and it has a wonderful calming effect. 
and that's that is important you know um all those clickbait headlines provide this adrenaline response you know when you see that you, your politician of choice is doing badly or the one that you loathe is doing well you know or you're you're how terrible people are being to each other across the country or across the globe. You know, it's, it's a recipe for stress. <coughs> Pardon me. So if you can get away for a few hours even, you know, or, or maybe start uh, scheduling time when you're just going to shut it all off, uh, you'll be better for it. Number six, take a shower. Now, that sounds like silly advice, but it's true. I mean, hydrotherapy is as old as, you know, the ocean. It goes long before the invention of the jacuzzi, so everything from a worn bath to a cold shower can, can help wash away the stress, quite literally. Some experts even say that a cold shower of two to three minutes will boost your mood. Uh, maybe just because you feel happy because it's over. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not thrilled with the cold shower idea. But, uh, you know, start slow. You know, you start with, so with warm water and then cool it down. It's kind of the opposite of boiling a frog. Um, but if cold water is not your thing, you know, warm water dis- decreases stress too. And then finally, count your blessings. It is more important than ever, I think, for us to have that attitude of gratitude, which brings us back to the first thing, that prayer, that, that praising God and thanking God all throughout the day is a powerful antidote to being stressed out because it reminds you who's in charge and what he had to say about us in the Beatitudes, which we're going to finish off next week. All right, we did the first four, uh, next four, next time. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Um, Please, if you have the opportunity, we um, really rely on your support. You can go to vmpr.org and consider making a donation. Appreciate that. Certainly pray for us, and we'll be praying for you. And uh, until next time, I want to say thank you for listening. This is Matthew Arnold, No-Nonsense Catholic, the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you and your family. In the 1990s, I lived and worked in Hollywood. But when my wife Betty's mom took ill, we relocated to Orange County. And it was during this time in our lives that I converted to Catholicism. Once my eyes were open to the truth, I couldn't learn enough about the faith. But I had less free time than ever, especially with a long commute. That's when I discovered the real value of Catholic audio. Listening to cassette tapes transformed my daily commute into a miniature retreat. And that's the beauty of Virgin Most Powerful Radio today. Since the podcasts are archived, you can listen anytime on our smartphone app. I know how listening to Catholic audio can bring you closer to Christ and His Church. So I encourage you to visit the App Store or go to vmpr.org and download the app today. It just might change your life. I'm Matthew Arnold for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.